0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Brett Keene from God TV Radio. I hope you're all having a blessed day out there. When you get an opportunity, check out the video I created before this one called Finding God in a World of Darkness. Kentoven recently made a video called The Real Child Abusers. Uh, no spoilers, but the video is about how evolution being taught in schools and children being indoctrinated, ideas and thoughts put into children's head, can cause them a lot of problems. They can cause a lot of mental, spiritual, emotional issues. Now, obviously, there's going to be a lot of people out there who are going to say, well, you know, you say that, but that's not true. Science is a fact. Everything science teaches is true and and all that. But if you don't mind, I'd like to tell you a little story. I'd like to tell you about some personal experiences uh, that I've had in my life. And uh, you can be the judge at the end of the video of what your view is on it, whether you want to condemn me or understand where I'm coming from. When I was young, I uh, had to live with my grandmother for a while because My mother had gotten sick and she could not take care of herself anymore. My grandmother had uh, repeatedly taken me to church, as did my mother whenever she was doing better. There were points in her life where she was doing okay. She suffered from bipolar manic depression. She was very sick. She was on many medications. And it got to the point where she couldn't take care of herself anymore. But... Whenever she was having her moments of clarity, when she was coherent and doing well, her or my grandmother would take me off to church, and I would learn about God. I was told by preachers that there was a plan in my life, that in the beginning, God created the universe. He created all of existence, and that he loved us all. That God was looking out for all of us, that there was a plan, there was a point to life. There was a reason why, when I wake up in the morning, I should wake up with joy and hope. That there was going to be difficult times, there was going to be challenges, but God was always there, walking with me. He was my footprints in the sand. And that brought me hope, and it also motivated me, and it gave me reason to continue to make it through every day. When my mother and father finally got into a divorce... I think that's when the questions started happening. And then whenever I went to school, I became very confused. At a very young age, they taught me about evolution. I sat down at a desk with 30 other kids in a classroom. And I was being told that I evolved from slime. I was told that long ago, a self-replicating cell somehow took upon all kinds of information without any kind of guidance, without any kind of sentience, that a blind process somehow created all the things that you see around you today. I was told that I came from a shrew, which is an ancient rodent, that existed during the time of the dinosaurs right before they went extinct. I was told that a meteorite hit the earth, and caused such cataclysm that it filled up the atmosphere with gases and smoke and blocked out the sun. But somehow a bunch of little creatures managed to exist where everything else died, and those creatures continued to evolve over and over, changing form, changing from what appears to be species to another species. There was no point in the classroom where the teacher ever even gave an alternative. There was no option that there was a God behind any of it, a spiritual presence, that it just simply was some kind of random chance, and some kind of weird, unusual variables that have never been explained to me at this point in my life, even today, that caused all these changes And somehow we got to the point where we were enlightened, we went through an industrial age, and here we are today. Our brains just simply grew because of the pressures and the environment, because of the dieting, and because we stood up at one point in time as a primate, just so we could look over the tips of the grass. We became more observant. And because of our fear of certain creatures and being stalked upon by predators, that this somehow made our brain grow. The diet, the vegetation, the flesh that we bit into and tore into, and here we are today. And of course, being that I was going to churches and I had one set of beliefs, I was confused. Where's God in all this? Where is that hope? Where is that plan? This doesn't sound like a a purpose. There's no guiding process. There's nothing dictating what happens next. What does this mean about my life? Where I came from? Who I am as a person? What does this mean whenever I die? I was promised that whenever I die, I'm going to exist eternally have an afterlife where there's no war, death, destruction, and suffering, and starvation, and famine. What does this mean? I was a very sensitive boy. I was very sensitive, and I absorbed all information that I heard around me like a sponge. So, of course, I called out to the teacher, and I said in front of an entire classroom, but where's God? What does God have to do with what you're talking about? I've never seen any of these things that you claim. I've never observed myself or anybody else or anything throughout history of this ever happening. And I was told to be quiet. I was told that I need to just be silent and listen to the class and listen to what I'm being taught. I was not allowed or welcome at any time to question any of the things that happened. Eventually, I would become one of those people out there that just said, okay, you know, I go to school, I learn, and this is what I'm told, and these people are my authority. If they tell me what I need to believe and what to think, then I suppose that's exactly what I'm going to do. I also remember whenever I went out to recess, and some of the kids who were there apparently were not spiritual or religious themselves. They had not grown up going to church like I did. And they said, hey, stupid, hey, retard, you actually believe there's some kind of Santa Claus doing that? Do you still believe in Santa Claus? You still believe that he's going to come down a chimney and bring you gifts. (laughs) There's nothing like being a small boy who's going through puberty, who's going through his sexual development, who's trying to understand who he is, what his place is in the world. Thinking about all the things that are going on at home, thinking about the abuse that I dealt with with my own biological father, Wondering when the day was my mother was going to die. And I'm being told that I'm a retard and a loser for asking questions. I'm being told that I'm a piece of crap and I'm stupid. Did it affect me? Yes, it did. It hurt me. I didn't understand why this was the deal. I didn't understand why it was... That people thought I was stupid just for asking how things work. I wanted to understand myself and I wanted to understand the world better. What was so wrong with me asking? Did I feel like I was being abused? Yeah. I felt like the call, the name calling wasn't necessary. I felt like... If a person wants to teach me, they ought to be willing to answer my questions. I felt like if a person really, really wants me to do something with the knowledge they've given me, I need to know what I'm able to do with it. A lot of questions, a lot of questions. But the more and more I questioned authority, the more I got told to shut up, be silent, do your homework, do your work, and stop interrupting the class. And of course, when you're dealing with immature children out there who don't give a damn what's true or what's false, calling you names repeatedly, you only have a couple choices, don't you? You can either pretend to go along with all of it and just keep your mouth shut so you don't get mocked and made fun of, or you keep on questioning and you keep on pushing And then you completely put yourself out of every social circle that exists. Either way, at the same time you're questioning all that you're being taught, you're also questioning God. God, why don't you open these people's eyes? Why don't you say something to them? Why don't you tell them that what they're saying is untrue? Or that they don't have knowledge of all things. Why, God? Why do I got to be called these names? Why do I got to be disrespected and then go home to an abusive family? Towards the end, as the cancer began to riddle my grandmother, she got meaner, she got angry, she was bitter. No one is happy to find out that they're going to die, obviously. She was told she only had less than a year, and then her entire existence was done. She was also afraid for me, even though she was mean to me a lot. She still, in her own way, loved me and had no idea what was going to come of me once she was no longer there to be my only parent at that point. So finally, of course, I watch my grandmother die in front of me. She literally shrivels up like a raisin. And I am set upon the world. I spend a few more years off and on in foster homes, none of my family take me in. And then once I get old enough, the state releases me. I meet my wife, I go on to trying to become a man. And I give up on God, and I go straight up evolution. I go straight up nihilism, atheism, everything. I have made the decision in my life that the universe got here for some unusual reason, that there was a singularity that came into existence by itself, filled with energy and power, and created all space-time and the universe. I'm like, yep. That's how it happened. A bunch of rocks collided, a bunch of crap out in space, flying at 100 billion miles per hour, crashing into things, while at the same time the universe is on fire, exactly what science taught me. And then at some point in time it all cools down and we get these massively awesome sphere shaped stars. We get the sun and we get these perfectly sear shaped planets (laughs) where everything just seems to set itself into the perfect place for life to come into existence and somehow some way the world starts producing plants where the water came from i don't know maybe it came from space like everything else Maybe a bunch of crap in the environment and the variables and the pressure was just right. It all just started, right? The water. And then the water's sitting there. The world's on fire and it's made out of rock and granite. And lightning comes into existence. Hits the water. And somehow electricity, 10,000 volts or more of electricity, somehow zaps some sludge in the water, and it all comes to life. Isn't that amazing, folks? It's almost as if we've won the lottery a trillion times. Over. And then things start crawling around the water, start growing fins and eyeballs and starts getting to the point where things are getting really anatomical. One day the fish decide they don't want to sit in the water anymore. They want to go on a adventure. They crawl up on land. They realize that, hey, being a fish isn't very effective on land. Let's grow us some damn arms and legs and some fingers and hands. That makes sense. And let's uh, change the way our scales are to more reptilian, more amphibian-like. That way we can actually work around this new environment that we're walking in. And thank God we grew us some lungs so we can actually breathe in the air that's happening. I mean, it took a billion years to be able to learn how to breathe on land, but so be it. It is what it is, right? Then the magical mutations come together, totally unguided, totally a blind process. We have no idea what the hell these mutations are called. Um, For some reason, the science books don't seem to know what all these things are called. It just continues to throw the idea out that this is what must have happened. This had to have been the case. No other alternative. And we grew these complex nervous systems. We learned how to feel pain. And then after billions of years of that bull nonsense, we started climbing trees and getting longer limbs and eating weird stuff, snails out the ground, who knows. And this is what it is. This is what it all comes down to. And here's what I find myself... Dealing with today folks here. We are I'm 45 years old I'm still questioning a lot of things in science God knows I've questioned a lot of religion and the claims about God Hell I was even atheist for a while there. I was really convinced that I didn't have any purpose There was no plan in my life that everything I love and care about including myself had no purpose, no plan, no nothing, that my life and death would simply be the same. Didn't remember what happened before I was born, won't know what's happening to me after I die. It's just over. The lights go out. The switch is pulled. And I find myself strangely in the same environment that I did whenever I was going to school. I ask questions. And somehow I'm a retard and somehow I'm stupid for it. I really believe that if some of these people who are on the internet were standing right in front of me, if they actually believed they could do it, they probably would. They'd probably flick me in the head. They'd probably throw shit at me, laugh in my fucking face, and say, you're stupid, you're retarded for questioning things. It's really odd when you think about it, when you actually read about real scientists and you read about how they questioned everything and that many of them actually did believe that God was an alternative, that the very guy, Charles Darwin himself, actually believed in God and believed that evolution could only work if there was an intelligent designer It's amazing what you find out when you actually get the opportunity to step outside of the classroom and actually go to a library or explore the Internet and discover that not all scientists are like that ignorant-ass teacher that was in your classroom who told you to shut up all the time. That there are actually scientists out there that care, and there's actually scientists out there that also believe in God. There are actually scientists out there who are willing to listen to your questions and discuss it with you, as where others are just arrogant, wanting to be on TV and wanting to sell books and diss your belief systems. I guess there's a variety and diversity of a lot of people. There is. Do I feel abused whenever I'm just simply trying to find answers? whether it's about God or whether it's about evolution? Do I feel like I'm being treated like an idiot when I'm sitting in a room filled with people who are either religious or non-believers who believe they came from primates, who believe that they evolved from slugs, yet they arrogantly prance around pridefully telling me, "Ah, you just don't understand. You just don't get it. You're just stupid. Your lack of knowledge of science. If you'd read a book or just go search for yourself, it's all out there. What are you, d dumb I can honestly say there is a form of abuse. But I'm going to go one step further than Kent Hovind on this. Yeah, there's abuse towards children. The lies children get told every day by their parents, by their teachers, by their government, by the politicians. But there's adults out there that are abused with this as well. It's not just children, it's adults. I've seen atheists who question evolution, and then when they question it, other atheists rip them apart for it. What are you, ignorant or something? What are you, stupid? Yeah, it's not just child abuse. There's something wrong, and I don't get it. It seems to me if people don't understand something and you really believe that people don't know better, wouldn't you do your best to be respectful and try to teach people, not try to belittle them and make them feel like crap? Isn't that the whole idea, ladies and gentlemen? Are we not all in the same boat whether you believe in God or not? That we should try to learn together. That humanity should grow and progress together. And in the end, as we're all laying on our deathbed and we're about to go, like my grandmother did, like my mother did, like I will one day, wouldn't it be better when we're all about to take our last breath that we make absolute sure That we know what the hell we're talking about before that final day happens, that unfortunate moment where you leave everybody you love and everything you care about behind? Isn't it important to know things? Or is it more important to feel like we know it all when we truly don't? I've said this before and I'll say it again. I'd rather be hated for who I am than loved for something I'm not. God bless.
1: Hey, it's Justin Keane. And Alex Smith. I'm going to play some guitar for you. i play some blues. Mm-hmm. You ready, Smith? One and a two. And a one, two, three, four. <laughs>
0: Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Brett Keene from God TV Radio. I hope you're all having a blessed day out there. We ask ourselves constantly, how is it that we can believe in God? How can we even see God if we're surrounded constantly by darkness, almost as if we're being embraced by it? With all the things that we see on our computer, with all the things we see on the news, it's almost... Impossible to believe that there's a God out there that loves us, that cares about us, that has our best interest in mind, our well-being. And one of the reasons why we find ourselves in darkness, believe it or not, is because we put ourselves in that position. It's our choice to turn on the television and watch the news It's our choice to flip to the channels where we see school shootings or destruction or death. It's our choice what TV shows we decide to watch. And if we watch a bunch of extremely barbaric, primitive, dark things, that's what's going to go into our mind. That's what's going to go into our brain. Do we expect when we turn on the news that we're going to hear about something positive a ministry might have done? Do we expect when we turn on the news we're going to hear about politicians being fair and doing the right thing for the people? Do we really believe that? Or do we... Continuously turn it on because we've deluded ourselves to believing that this is the only world and the only reality that we should be looking at. I said in one of my videos a while back that you can look at a picture and some claim that you get a thousand different images and ideas from it, but sometimes you get nothing. Sometimes things are not what they seem. Last night, I felt really negative. I felt like I was in an extremely dark place. I was prepared to give up. In fact, I was questioning God. I decided I need to go to sleep. I need to just shut my eyes. I need to step away from the world for a moment and all that it offers. I woke up this morning, and I felt this vibe... And I felt that I needed to just meditate and allow this energy to come into me because I felt like I was being told something, something I needed to do. I went out on my deck. I turned to the right, and I looked out into my yard, my trees, my flowers, nature, the beautiful sky above. There was no drama. There was no darkness. There was no evil. And when I looked down on the ground, I seen that all the little kittens, a mother cat, a stray that had come to my property, her and her little kittens were playing and rolling around in the grass. And I realized this is the world that I'm a part of. This is the world God gave me. I get to see these little life forms running around and having a good time, enjoying themselves. None of them will ever watch the news. None of them will ever be on God TV radio show unless I bring one of them. (laughs) And uh, they'll never know of the evil in men's hearts. They'll only know of whenever I go out and feed them. They'll only know of the beautiful property that I allow them to run around on. And from time to time, I'll pick one of these little creatures up and I'll pet it, I'll kiss it upon its head, and then I'll put it back down and watch it run into the flower bed that my wife has put together. That's what life truly is, ladies and gentlemen. That's really life. Life isn't sitting in a room, talking into a screen, Or listening to everybody's woes and all the horrors and evils of the world. Evils and horrors and drama that people bring upon themselves. No. It's the little things. That's what God wants us to see. The things that we take for granted. The things that are literally little bundles of joy and love. That's what God really wants us to see. When he originally created us, computers didn't exist. Journalists, politicians, all that crap that we're looking at nowadays, where we always feel like we're in the end times or the apocalypse can happen any moment. Just go out on your deck, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to notice something. Let me let you all in on a little secret. If all this stuff out here is vile and it's making your heart feel cold and black, there's a little button on your computer. There's an X in the right hand corner of your browser. You can click it. You can turn off the power. Just click start, shut down, go outside. Take a deep breath of the air that God made for you to breathe. Look out. Look at the little bugs out there that are building their own little empires and trying to survive. Look at the little kittens and the puppies and all the pretty stuff. That's what you can do. And um, trust me, you'd spend five minutes doing that, and all the darkness and the vileness of the world goes away. Within five, ten minutes of looking at that light and the beauty before me, right in my backyard, and not turning on the news, and not turning on all this filth, I immediately felt a strong message come over me. I decided, ladies and gentlemen, to call all the people out there that I may have ever offended, may have ever unintentionally hurt. And I just wanted to let them know that they mean something to me, that I love them, I care about them. I called some old friends, I called some new friends, I called some family, and I just let them all know, I love you, and I want you to know that you're important to me. And I'm sorry if I've ever done anything to bring any darkness into your life, it was never my intention And ladies and gentlemen, I felt so good. I felt like that that's what God wanted from me all the time. I felt like that that's the way I always wanted to be. But there's a difference between wanting to do something and actually doing something. When you're talking to someone who's hurting, and you bring some light into their life, and you let them know that You can trust me. I am here for you. I am listening. What you have to say and your experiences do mean something to me. You can hear that sigh of relief. Because there are people who want to love you. There are people who want to be your friend. They want to have close relationships with you. Just go out into the grass, sit down, Indian style, or just relax. Sometimes just close your eyes and listen to the beautiful sounds and the ambience and atmosphere of nature. I guarantee if you turn the ringer off your phone and you turn off the computer and turn off your television set and turn off all these distractions... And you step outside, look at your favorite trees, look at the sky. You're going to see God. You're going to feel him. You're going to hear him. You're going to experience love just by looking at a kitten, just by looking at your son and daughter, by seeing life come into the world and watching life flourish. This is what God wanted for you. If he intended for you to have the news, if he intended for you to have a computer and all these distractions, I suspect we would have read about that in the book of Genesis with Adam and Eve. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that this positive message I've given you brings you a little hope today, a little bit of light. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless.
1: Here. We want Brett. We want breath? We, we want, want breath we Well, I'll tell you a secret. Come here.
0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Brett Keene. If you would like to support God TV Radio, you can support us by buying our music, our art, our t-shirts, as well as our books. You can also support us with a one-time donation through PayPal. All links are in the description. If you have access to Spotify, you can listen to my radio station in your car, on your stereo, on your computer, anything that has internet access. God bless.
1: Today we're going to be looking at a short interview clip from Justin Brierley, where he talked to Richard Dawkins, who ended up admitting that there's evidence for God.
2: And that, I believe that's a, that's a very profound. Um, I mean, if if somebody was going to convince me of the need for for a God, it, it would be there. It, it would be not in my own field of of biology, and I, and I found. Hmm. I mean, I've I've read uh, the language of God, and, and, and indeed I read reread it today. Um, had, I read it, read it first when it, it came out. <laughs> when 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 you come on later to the um, origin of the physical constants, now that's getting uh, getting warm. that getting close to a good argument, um, um, unlike the unlike the morality one. Um, <laughs> well, is that is that mainly because it is a essentially a scientific? Well, argument? no, no, no. It's, that's it's obviously much, the, the more area more difficult you're, than you're that. With, it's, with it's it's with that the the physical constants. Um, things like the speed of light, gravitational constant, um, and strong and weak force and things. Um, physicists agree, most physicists agree, that if you if you change any of those constants by even a very, very small amount, then we we, we, we don't come into existence. The universe doesn't come into existence. Mm. They have to be like that in order for galaxies to form, for stars to form, for chemistry to form, actually um and and then for um, for the prerequisite for life to evolve uh needs that as well so that's the nearest approach to a good argument
1: so it seems like the house of cards that was built by the new atheist is starting to fall not only does Richard Dawkins admit that the fine tuning of the universe may be a very good argument for God, but also the late Christopher Hitchens did as well. Let's take a look. Quite certainly, we're all asked, "Well, which is the best argument you've yet come up against from the other side?" And I think every one of us picks the fine tuning one
0: as the, mo- the most intriguing. The Goldilocks, yeah, thing. yeah, okay. Fine tuning, the one degree, well, one degree,
1: one hair different, to nothing. So. All right, so now that we have Richard Dawkins and Christopher Hitchens and others admitting that this may be a good argument for God, what is this argument? He briefly went over some of the figures uh, related to the argument in his explanation, but let's break it down. It contains three different aspects the fine-tuning of the laws of nature, the fine-tuning of the constants of physics, and the fine-tuning of the initial conditions of the universe. When it comes to the first aspect of the fine-tuning of the universe, it's describing the fine-tuning of the laws of nature. If you take something like gravity, it's so finely adjusted that if it were to change even a hair's breadth, matter would not clump together and therefore you would have no stars and no planets and therefore no life whatsoever. But that's not all. In addition to this, there's the fine-tuning of the constants in physics, something called the cosmological constant, which is the rate at which the universe expands. And if that rate were even changed a hair's breadth, there would also be no life. It would not allow for the universe to function in any way, shape, or form the way that we observe it. And that's really important to understand because it's not just one aspect of the universe that's finely tuned. It's every single aspect finely adjusted to permit Life To give a picture of how finely adjusted these constants and quantities really are, it would be like stretching a ruler across the entire universe and adjusting even one trillionth of a trillionth of an inch to the left or to the right would cause the universe to not exist at all. The third aspect of the fine-tuning of the universe is the fine-tuning of the initial conditions. And the fact that we have a low entropy l- rate contributes to the ability for life to exist as well. And if those initial conditions were not structured or adjusted to the uh, fashion that they were, it would also be a non-life-permitting universe. So you have every single aspect of the universe finely adjusted in such a way that life can be permitted to exist. This seems to need an explanation. Scientists have tried to propose things like the multiverse, but that only kicks the problem back another step because then you would have to ask, what finely tuned this so-called multiverse generator, and so forth. And so the explanation is often going to have to, or ultimately going to have to, arrive at something that's outside of time, space, and matter, intelligent enough to finely tune the constants and quantities of the universe in such a way that life can be permitted. I'd like to hear from you in the comments what you think about the fine-tuning argument for God. Also, don't forget to like and share this video and subscribe to the channel. God bless, and we will see you in the next video.